to Not My Forte, a super soft podcast. I am one of your hosts, Megan Cottrell. And other host, Amber Fransman. So, Peter Pratter. Let's get at her. How was it last time? Did it feel super weird? It No, I feel like it went really well considering I've always had you with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Kayla's been here for a handful of yeah. them now, but you're like my security blanket. And so that was a little strange. I did the reading, which Josh could attest. It went mostly okay. It kind of sucks sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and so other than the fact that I couldn't read a few times, I think it went pretty well. No, I, so, I understand. Especially... And we had a good time. So that's what I think yes. is the most important and part. And you all did a great job because I've already... He obviously edits them and so I have already heard the episode before it's out. And so it it's really good. I'm okay, excited good, for good, good, good. next week's episode. You all should be too. So Yay. it's going to be fun. It made me feel like, hey, look what we're doing. I don't know, like, like a sense of accomplishment or I don't know. Just like, hey, I'm doing this thing that I didn't think that I could do, yeah. even though it's not too much further than what I do normally. It's yeah. still just felt, it felt like, like you were driving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before I get too deep into it, do you have any previously on? I did not have any previously on this time. I guess I have two. Previously on Not My Forte, a super soft podcast. One is just a big thank you to you and Kayla because I needed one off. I I don't know what it was. It was just a weird burnout situation or something, but it just helped. It Good. I, I can tell... With this episode, which I did enjoy a lot, by the way. I really liked that one. I'm glad. I'm excited. I'm excited to get into it because I I think this was a good one. But I also wanted to point out one of the Shorzy guys on the new little clip that they put out today. I don't know if you noticed, but he is one of the Newfie guys. Yeah, you sent me that uh, yeah. the link. I don't know which. I mean, I don't know that we knew their names, but I, I don't, don't think I don't they know had names. One. But and they really went back and forth so quick. They are kind of interchangeable in my mind, mm-hmm. almost like our boys. They're separate people, but they're kind of the same person. So. Yeah. But they've been they've been letting loose with a lot of these little teaser trailers and yeah, stuff lately. I think it's because it's getting so close to the Canadian release. Mm-hmm. It's what uh, we're three days out at this point, which it'll be out by the time in Canada, by the time you all hear this. But I think they're really trying to promote it, and I am excited for it. And also, I will say as a caveat, I'm a little nervous. Nice word, because. <sighs> I don't know, Shorzy, I enjoy sometimes, and he can go off, and it's fun, but there's a lot of situations where it's not my humor, and so I'm just worried that... If he's the main character? Yeah, I'm afraid it might get a little bit too... uh, Raunchy? (laughs) Raunchy, or poot humor jokes, or leaning on that so much, I'm afraid I might not like it. I, I hope I do. I think I will. Because I've been excited for every clip that's come out. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and think about this. Like, Wayne is, I would say, the main character of this show. Mm -hmm. And he's not always our favorite. Uh, Some of the side characters really hold that special place in our hearts. So maybe as we watch Shorzy and get to know some other people, they will form their own special spots. Yeah, I love that they've brought someone back. And it, it speaks to Jared's heart a little bit that he... Finds these people, he works with them when they're a newer show, something that's kind of still building, and he works with you and brings you back. I just, I just love that about him. He just seems like a really good guy, and especially a really good guy to work for. Yeah, he's like a little tiny Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know how she yes. is though? Like, yes. hey, this is my hometown. I'm going to create jobs <laughs> and love on these people yes. and just be amazing. Because that's really close to his heart. <laughs> he's like a pocket-sized Dolly Parton. Except he's much Minus bigger. The wig. <laughs> and... I will say the tooth thing in all the clips that I've noticed, it's still there, it's still a thing, uh-huh. but it's not bothered me as much as I thought it was going to. It's it, st- it like it. Yeah. Ooh, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a noticeable thing. Have yeah, you, there's a picture that circulated through Facebook a good year or two ago, I guess. And it was this family, and they were all smiling, and the dad was missing a tooth. Mm -hmm. But he was also missing an eyebrow. But you don't even notice that, because a tooth missing is so much more noticeable than even a whole eyebrow being gone. (laughs) So it's a little distracting, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I think they're just going to keep with that gag, because most of his teammates also seem to be missing one. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. It is a bummer, because he's got such a beautiful smile. Yeah, I know. And he smiles so seldom as Wayne. Yes. I could see him being a bit more playful as Shorzy, mm-hmm. so the smile will probably happen more often. So we'll uh, yeah. yeah, I I maybe love it's not a constant. But. His little squinty, <laughs> smiley eyes when he's joking around in the clips that we've seen. I'm just I'm excited from what I've seen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off my excitement if I can until I get a full episode. Yeah. By the time this by the time this podcast airs, it should be here on Hulu in two weeks. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, we're yeah. getting so close, man. Or it'll be right right at it. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited, but. Nervous, so we will, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and you said you don't have any previously no on. No previously on. Today. Okay, so overall, just in general, you said you enjoyed this episode. Do you think? And I'll go ahead and say it. I guess I think I enjoyed this maybe the most this season. I'd have to think back to episode one, but I've definitely enjoyed this one a heck of a lot. Uh, I really liked this one. I have to say, I think yard sale beat it okay the last episode and this one was the mennonite one and that was one of those things like oh god the mennonites again <laughs> uh, and again they really it was funny to me so i don't know yeah. why I, maybe i'm misremembering them but like i came in to the podcast thinking like ah, i don't like the mennonites but they have consistently made me laugh yeah so i think I, they're using them the right way here yeah and this was <laughs> It was funny. I liked it. It was a good episode. <clears throat> All right. So season eight, episode six. And that always throws me off because I always feel like we're supposed to be done now uh, at six. Yeah. But we're already at six. Yes. Like that's crazy. Almost to what I am going to consider a holiday episode, even though it is also the finale because it continues the story. So. Yeah, that's true. It's not its own standalone the way that other holiday episodes yes. are. That's that's true. kind of a mixture. Yeah. That's, hmm. So this was released December 25th, 2019. And we've not got the writer and director, but I feel like Jared and Jacob wrote this whole season. I think so. A lot of times I try to look at the credits as, as I finish watching it, but I didn't this time. I didn't either. I, I've got to get better at that. <clears throat> but well, sometimes the wiki has us, you know, holds our hand the whole time. And other times it completely lets <laughs> the, us down. At least so. us flapping in the wind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this episode's called Holy Sheet, and the synopsis is, The Hicks helped the Mennonites with some chorin. Cold open, 
You were eavesdropping on some nut sacks at the bar the other day. <laughs> Riley and Jonesy are seated at the bar at Modine's having a conversation with Bonnie McMurray about which sports athletes will the most Brodskis. She proposes basketball on account of Wilt Chamberlain and their height and size of their feet. Jonesy thinks it might be American football. They may not take down tens, but the teams being the largest, they should have the highest gross. <laughs> and gross being the operative word there. <laughs> Riley says it might be baseball because baseball players have the longest season, meaning that they are on the road the longest, so have the most opportunity to wheel. They also use the least energy of any sport, which gives them the most energy to will. <laughs> Rosie, overhearing with Wayne nearby, wonders whether hockey players wouldn't be the low-hanging fruit. The hockey players agree. They just didn't want to go for the low-hanging fruit. Riley notes that hockey players at any level share hotel rooms on the road, which means if you return to your room just before curfew and find your defense partner wheeling a road rocket, you'd naturally become his D-man as well. Because an opportunity for a hockey player to wheel very often turns into an opportunity for his teammate to wheel. They conclude the hockey players wheel the most Brodskis. Hundreds of thousands of condoms may have been distributed at the Olympics, but hockey players definitely hold the record for London bridging. Jesus. <laughs> Riley warns that it's important to respect the load code of the road. Don't get any of your broker on your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there are fines for it. Bonnie marvels that accidentally brogerting on your buddy is common enough for there to be fines. But says at the same time, that's kind of hot. <laughs> Wayne's disappointment and disgust. Oh, Bonnie McMurray. <laughs> that's a that's a very good overall synopsis. This was of probably cold open. My favorite cold open in a while. It was funny and kind of gross without being too gross. Not too much. Wasn't too much, and I appreciated it. Yes, I love Bonnie and Riley and Jonesy's friendship mm -hmm. i feel like you can really see it here where it's hey yeah they probably still think she's hot they'd still like to have sex with yeah, her if she was open to it they'd be open to it yes but they can just hang and talk almost like regular friends yeah i appreciated that i, I did too who who would you think I, I had that down okay so i wouldn't think hockey players especially in the way that they explained it because it feels like it would be a lot of cock blocking and not a lot of threesomes. Yeah, it, yeah. in my mind, I would think I so would too. Think. I, you know, I would think basketball. I, I said think. basketball too. Really? Okay. Yeah. I just and I don't mean this to come across in the wrong way because it's a very generalized assumption. I just feel like. Looking at basketball players as a whole, mm -hmm. they seem like the kind of people that would be into like a girl for one every night city. stands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas I feel like football players, and again, this is just a completely generalized assumption on my part, but have wives and kids that they just go home to after their games, and basketball players are more playery. I. I don't know why, but I agree with you. I don't know why I think that, but that's just how I, how I think of it. Kind of right most of the time. Yes. It's our brand. Yes, kind of right most of the time-ish. So I looked up Wilt Chamberlain, and 
did she say he claimed to take down more than 20,000? Yeah. That is just gross that's to me. That's gross to me, too. It doesn't even matter what he looks like. I don't care what he looks like. Like, that would be, that's such a... I just, I don't know. There's not enough condoms. In and the I am not one to slut shame at all. That's not even slut shaming, though. That's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. That's I just feel level. like it's not safe. It's How is it physically possible? I didn't do the math on it. But, like, how many people, like, how, how, how? Just how. Yeah, just how. I don't even understand it. <laughs> might surprise you, but I'm going with basketball. Oh, Bonnie McMurray. Will Chamberlain claimed to have slept with 20,000 women. Not a bad tally. Not a bad tally for one tally whacker. And I saw two signs in the background that I wrote down. One says, anyone who fights will be banned for six months from management. Oh, Gail putting the foot down. Yeah, I know. It was a little surprise. About time. <laughs> and then there was also a beer pong tournament, $10 entry it, back behind Bonnie when she was That'd talking. That'd be fun. It would be fun. I, you never really, I don't see that unless it's in small town bars anymore. Yeah. You don't really see that in I, big I, places. I've only ever played beer pong at house parties. I've never even seen it done in a bar before. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's... When she says, that's hot, and our boys look at each other, and then Wayne's just, like, disappointed. Yes, like, oh, God, why? Why did you encourage that? Bonnie. <laughs> was so funny to me. It was really funny, and I was surprised at Bonnie a little bit, but her boys got so excited. <laughs> it's like, so you mean there's a chance? So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I kind of love the deep thought and the reasoning behind all of this conversation is so thoughtful for it to be about such a dumb thing. It seems like a stoned conversation to me. Yes. Because that's the kind of conversations that you have when you're a little bit high. It's like, I put so much thought and attention to detail into this thing that doesn't matter at all. Yes. And the way that they reasoned is not how I would reason, though. I would think individual player, individual takedown, not the sport as a whole. You know what I mean? Because they're like, yeah. you know, they have a bigger team. So it would be more takedowns or they're on the road longer. So, well, which maybe road longer could help, but I don't know. I was just thinking like individual players versus, but more again. takedowns per capita. Yeah. <laughs> I've been saying that all. Josh is so mad. Cause like I'll use it. I still don't know if I know what it means, but I use it all the time out of context. Just because. with authority. <laughs> with the biggest authority per capita. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but I did, I enjoyed their reasoning because it felt like our boys put a lot of thought into it because Jonesy's like, well, football teams are huge. And so they probably have the most numbers because they've got the most guys and all this. And then Riley's like, yeah, but baseball goes forever. So it lasts the longest. And so for their full season count, they've got the most. So I just enjoyed how much deep thought <laughs> for people who don't. Always get into deep thought deep very thought, often yeah. yes deep thought is the not so much for them yeah did you think that wayne did know what rosie told him about the over a hundred thousand 
condoms were given out. I think Wayne just likes to be right about everything. I feel like he did know, but even if he didn't, I don't think he would have... Wouldn't have ever admitted that. Yes, he wouldn't have admitted that. (laughs) But, yeah, I could see that, too. And then, lastly, what do you think of the load code? Gotta respect the load code. What's the load code? No bother. The load code of the road. Don't get any brogurt on your buddy. Mind your boner batter. Don't spray any spunky Brewster. There's fines for that. Fines? Same as there's fines for stepping on your logo in the dressing room on the carpet. Yeah, or letting your jersey touch the floor. Those are pretty common things, though. You're saying accidentally brogurting on your buddy is common enough for there to be fines in place for it? Load code. Load code of the road. That's kind of hot. <laughs> I mean... Okay, I guess it's considerate for the two guys involved. At the same time, I would like to think that they are using condoms. And Yeah. I've been with Nate for like almost 12 years now, so we haven't used condoms in a really long <laughs> yeah. time. But I think that etiquette wise, especially if two people are involved, take that off and, you know. Brogurt. <laughs> that yeah, I just stuck on that word. It's so gross. Uh, it's so gross. But overall, I really enjoyed this cold open. I think it, it definitely got us back to old school letter Kenny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just fun for me overall. I it started out on a high note, and I love that. Yeah, and so. it, it it didn't get too gross, but it also didn't try too hard. Sometimes it tries too hard. This yeah. one was just very. It felt natural. Yes, yes. I enjoyed this one. It felt like if this was real life and I was sitting in a corner at a bar with Riley and Jonesy and Bonnie, they would have had this conversation. Yep. From what we know from our favorite characters. (laughs) Considering they are our best friends. Yes. We know. (laughs) So plot summary for the actual episode. A horse carriage pulls up the property. It's Noah Dick who greets the Hicks warmly and expresses his sympathies that the romance did not blossom between Dan and his sister, Lavina. He relates that she was recently injured at a petting zoo when she was attacked from behind by a giant cock. She had to staunch the bleeding with a fist inside her gash. In any case, he has come to ask for their help at the Dick farm. For work only a man can do. His two boys are not yet up to the task. Wayne says that they are at his service. I am blessed this day, for the Lord hath given on to me three able men willing to help me with a hand job. (laughs) Daryl asks what the job would entail, to which Noah replies, men will be banging and pounding, and then takes his leave. So... That's all one scene. What did you think about that? I put that is a tough week. Because <laughs> he said she had a really <laughs> she's had a tough had week. a bad week. I put, I hate that phrase, but I guess he says lots of different phrases. But when he's talking about the insulation, the phrase he uses oh, after that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, unfortunately, it doesn't end there. A couple of days prior, my two young boys caught the prickliest of the itchies after playing with a pile of pink insulation in the barn. Would you believe on the same day, my daughter fell in the manure pile. I had two in the pink and one in the stink. I hate that that's such a high school thing. Oh yes, that's it was very much like, hey, I'm gonna say this lewd thing, and you're gonna think that I, you know, did this thing. 
so cool. I, I don't know. Uh, uh. Overall, how did the innuendo talk work for you? I actually chuckled quite a bit. I mean, there was a few... A lot of the words that they used for vagina are not my favorite, mm-hmm. but I, I couldn't help but giggle. I was like a high school boy, I guess. It just... But Dan shaking his head about sums up the the whole feel of that for me. Just like, just closing your eyes and shaking your head like, what the furda is this guy? He has to know what he's saying, yes. right? Like, nobody is that far removed from understanding how language works. But overall, they, they did make me giggle. What about you? What did you think about Ellen not giving him a break from all these phone calls? I had mixed feelings about that because on the one hand, girl, if he's ignoring you over and over again, I'd like to think that she seeming to be the evolved woman that she is Mm -hmm. would just be like, all right, he's not really worth my time then. But it also, on the other hand, made me kind of upset with Dan. I don't know if... I didn't like that he was acting like she was irritating him, but I guess she was. But I don't know. I just, I didn't like how that played out. I had mixed feelings, too. It did seem weird because they've not really built up Ellen as a character necessarily. But from what we know, from the little we know, she seems to be progressive Mm -hmm. and pretty upfront with what she wants. And I feel like she would take the hint. Yeah, she would be understanding of what other people want or don't want as well. So that's why it was. It seemed strange to me that she was repeatedly calling like that anyway. And then I didn't like how he didn't respond. I felt like he could have just answered and said, hey, Ellen, I, like, I don't think it's working out. Yes. Like our, you know, I think you're a nice girl, but like, it's not really for me. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. They both seem like they should be evolved enough to have that conversation yes and so it was strange to me that he was just ignoring her i think it was of course just a plot device for what happens later on i did notice all the new chairs this time that i noticed kayla had mentioned yeah uh, was, yeah was it you or katie uh, you or katie <laughs> you or kayla had said katie has a new chair yes katie and, does and i'm and pretty yeah. sure some of the other chairs there are new too i noticed that Darius is a rocking chair <laughs> it's like a Fold-out rocking chair. Yeah. Thought, hmm, yeah. That's what I would invest in, I think, if I was sitting out in one all the time. Yeah, that would be my favorite. I kind of love Noah. <laughs> I don't know if it's just here. I on the, on the whole, I normally enjoy him. It is very childish humor. Yes. It's silly and dumb, but I laughed this whole episode. Yes. It was so fun. Well, that's I, I made somewhere in my notes farther along... The Dix and Noah specifically, I always kind of think of as annoying, but I was laughing and giggling and chuckling. I feel like a lot of the characters that I felt like I didn't like before are really turning around on me or I'm turning around on them. I don't know what it is, but like, oh, no. you know, Gail used to annoy me and I just cherish her now. <laughs> McMurray used to annoy me and he's one of my favorites. Mrs. McMurray is still hit or miss, but the last few times that she's been on... She's been funny to me. Yeah, she's been good. You know what? I decided that I liked Marie Fred. I decided <laughs> that, that Dirks is, like, maybe not that bad sometimes. I don't know. Like, I'm feeling very confused. This is very Twilight Zone. Yes, I don't know what's happening, but the dicks didn't bother me, so. <laughs> I loved Attacked by a Cock about yay big. <laughs> I just, I love it. And in my heart, in my head canon. 
he is Murda. with them. Yeah. <laughs> so? I feel like they're all in on it. They all know what they're doing, and I feel like they're secretly Murda. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I watched just this part of the scene, and I immediately stopped and went to watch the bloopers because I thought this has to be hilarious. Unfortunately, though, the dicks aren't as prevalent in the bloopers as I would have thought they would be. Maybe they can get through their lines. I don't know how they can get through some of these scenes without just dying. Yeah, I would absolutely crack up. So, I don't know. It's it's not as big of a part as you would think that it would have been, Mm -hmm. considering I bet these scenes i would imagine would be very difficult to be serious and get through (laughs) i i watched eagle-eyed this time to catch people breaking because i thought surely somebody has to yeah did they i didn't see anybody that's that's crazy to me (laughs) not even i didn't even see anybody on the brink so they must have really buckled down or got it out of their systems and i don't know that would be hard they would be hard to be able to remain straight-faced and listen to the things that were coming out of yeah. his mouth. The only thing I didn't super love, and it wasn't even a big deal because it I expected at this point, is that Wayne spoke for all of them. Yeah. but Especially when Derry obviously didn't want to go. Yes. I get his sentiment because, yes, I do think you should help people if you can have the opportunity but then Wayne could just go help if he feels that way. He yeah. doesn't have to volunteer Dan and Derry to yeah. him. Yeah, I get you. Okay, so at Modine's, Bonnie McMurray cites a snack at the bar, Dirk's, but Gail warns her that, that, that he is Katie's. She goes to the other end of the bar to check on Coach, who has come because his therapist told him to be around some other people instead of staying at home thinking about his dead wife, Barb. <laughs> Dirks is approached by Mia Sophia, and the two begin flirting until a wary Gale reminds him that he's waiting for Katie. See, I took that a different way. I did too. Tell me what you thought. Okay. So, well, first I put, I love staying in my home by myself, so <laughs> Coach, don't feel too bad. First of all, Coach is living his best life. It yes. sounds like that the therapist is a hater. Yeah, so. don't be hating on that lifestyle. Bonnie's face when he says lumbarb, <laughs> she's like... What? <laughs> like she thinks she's mishearing. Ugh. Wish this stool had more lumbar support. But yeah, it seems like a pickup, but it was a weird flex. Her being like, do you have a smoke? And him saying, yeah. And then she's like, oh, smoking's gross. Like you just failed this test that I gave you yeah, or something. That was strange. But I agree with Dirks. He said this chit chat feels all over the place. It did. It was like, what the fuck is your point? Are you coming to hit on me? Are you coming to just criticize me? Or why are you even talking to me? Yeah, it didn't really feel flirtatious. It felt like he was fine with the conversation, but I don't think he said anything overtly flirtatious. Yeah, I felt like she was trying to flirt with him in like a kind of not very cohesive way i didn't feel like he was flirting with her though i agree i think he could have been led into it if you know different time different place maybe but i felt like overall if it was a test that katie saw for example there would have been nothing wrong there yeah if anybody had walked up to him and kind of started a weird conversation like that, I felt like that's about how he would have responded to anybody. McMurray, Alexander, Gail, Dan. It didn't matter. It happened to be 
a gorgeous lady, but I didn't feel like that made a difference to him. I agree. I think he noticed, obviously, that she was... hard not to notice. She is so freaking pretty. (laughs) And I think her boobs are fake, but they are very nice. (laughs) And I like... I liked her whole style. Uh, I love a mesh top. I don't know. She was working for me if if it wasn't for darks. So... (laughs) But I think that Gail did come off a little bit like, hey, remember, you're waiting on Katie, but I don't think that Dirks was doing anything wrong. And in fairness, Gail can come off a little odd Strong. anyway. Yeah, like <laughs> like really aggressive for no reason, and that's just Gail. That's her baseline is yeah. really aggressive for no <laughs> yeah. reason. Um, but but I maybe did- it was more just towards Mia Sophia. Yeah, I think that that's how I took it was more like... She was saying, like, hey, girl. Don't waste your time. Back off on this one, yeah. Or you're probably going to get your ass beat. I don't know. I did appreciate, though, that because Bonnie is like, ooh, hey, a snack. Yeah. And this uh, Mia Sophia was, I can't even say flirting with it. Like, it was bad flirting if it was flirting. Yeah. But when they both found out that he was with Katie, they both, without problem, just left him alone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, Bonnie was like, okay, I, I won't even wait on him. If that's the case, I'll go over here and talk to Coach. Yeah. And Mia Sophia, like, as soon as Katie came up, she said, what's up, and left. She didn't antagonize anything. So, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong, I she think. She didn't challenge it. Yeah. She saw a guy she thought was attractive at a bar alone and went over and kind of flirted with him. But then when she found out he was with somebody, she left. So, like, I don't feel like anybody was in the wrong in this instance. I agree. That's just... At all, Yeah natural a natural reaction she did good she did she wasn't a jerk and she didn't try to start any kind of drama over yeah it, yeah which she, was like, nice okay you're with somebody i will leave you alone see myself out yes <laughs> immediately <laughs> which we've always known this but bonnie is so toned her little tummy is so tight and nice and it's just like i drool over it when i see it sometimes i know <laughs> i know <laughs> but it, it felt weird that she didn't know because I feel like her and Katie are supposed to be close. Her and Katie are supposed to be close. And her brother seems like already super good friends with him. Yeah. And he's been in town at least a bit. Because he was in town for the whole last episode yeah. meeting everybody. So you would think that he would be known. But I'm trying to think. Like, I don't think Bonnie was in the last episode. But still seems like she would have known previously Uh, yeah that's how it feels to me i don't know because they especially this past couple seasons they've been building bonnie and katie's relationship into from what we can see as viewers more of a friendship like bonnie hanging out with the core group a little bit more yeah so yeah yeah you'd think so i am excited to see coach out for no other reason than i'm excited to see him interact with gail again (laughs) i i won't jump too far i loved him in this episode and i loved gail in this episode yes (laughs) i loved it all so excited about it but okay this hit me really hard in this episode seeing him now to the transformation he is actually to current season oh my gosh it's crazy i and this is only 2019 i know i i knew when i saw him in the last season that just was released 
man, he's lost a lot of weight. There has been a slight progression. Like his face is already not quite as chubby as it used to be, but he still had quite a bit of a belly on it. So, but I like though at some point, I don't remember when he says he's going to go home and just curl some barbells. Bar I'm like, oh, he's still working out. Starting like, his fitness journey. Yes. <laughs> slowly and surely. But yeah, I agree. He is the transformation, physical transformation. I agree with me, Sophia. Smoking's gross. But I did you, have a really bad, bad boy syndrome yeah. <laughs> when I was in college. So I was like, ooh, he's like dangerous and cool. Do, and yeah, <laughs> doing something taboo. I, I feel like I will always want to be a smoker. Like I used to smoke and I don't really mm-hmm. anymore ever. It's like very, very... Literally, a pack of cigarettes will last me for over a year. Yeah. It's like wow. how seldom I smoke. But I will always want to smoke. So, like, yeah, smoking is gross, but I can't be a hypocrite and be like, oh, no, smoking's gross. I'm like, smoking's gross and I want to. <laughs> it's gross and I want to do it. I want it, it so bad. <sighs> <sighs> anyway. <laughs> do you think he would have been straightforward if... The conversation had continued, and Gail wasn't standing right there. I do, just because of, well, I was going to say because of how he reacted to everybody in the last episode, like to Mrs. McMurray and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. although Katie was right there with him the whole time. However, at least because he's in Letterkenny, and he knows that everybody knows Katie. Yeah. Even if they don't know that he's with Katie, everybody does know Katie. And he knows it's a very small town. Yeah, small town, tight-knit. He's already been threatened multiple times. So I I think he would have kept it as flirty as he is with anybody else. Because, again, he has that kind of charisma where he almost is just kind of naturally flirty with anybody he talks to. But as far as going any further than that... I don't think so. Maybe I'm giving him too much of the benefit of the doubt, but I don't think so. I think just to save himself, I feel like he wouldn't have gone any further because it's such a small town because it would have inevitably gotten back to Katie Mm -hmm. in some way. Yeah. So that was my take on it. Not necessarily like, oh, he's so into her that he wouldn't. But I do feel like at this point in time, it's still new, still exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, maybe a little bit of that, too. So. Yeah. I could see that. Dan and Wayne are taking a break from Chorin at the tractor shed. They call out Derry for being half rude to Noah earlier. After denying this initially, Derry admits to being A&W rude beer to him because he had heard about the Mennonites trying to introduce new genes into their bloodlines by inviting men outside of the community to have sex with their daughters. Wayne and Dan take offense to this, but Derry insists that it happened to Jim Dickens, so they give him a call. Jim confirms that no such offer was made to him. He adds, however, that another auctioneer about his size had heard from another auctioneer also about his size that his cousin, significantly shorter, (laughs) was offered $500 by a schmelly at a farmer's market to lay with his daughter. He adds that the Partners are separated by a sheet, except for a hole cut in for the penis. <laughs> As to remove the physical and visual contact and keep the sex limited to procreation purposes. Do you uh, think Derry was rude? Um, 
I feel like he was hesitant. I don't know that he was full on rude, but maybe an eighth rude. I could tell he didn't want to go. And then he's like, well, we have our own chores to do. That seems like it could be construed as kind of a rude answer if somebody's asking you for help. And given his reasoning, I don't think it was really that rude. That was a nicer way to try to get out of it once you know why he wants to get out of it. That's a strange accusation as well. Almost verging like conspiracy theorist, something like that. Just like, this is why they want us to come out to the farm. They're trying to get our seed. (laughs) Yes, which of course, uh, that does not surprise me a bit because of the way, again, Derry's mind is fascinating. It's just, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I did, I liked all of the rude uh, name play. I thought that was kind of cute. You know, you was half rude to Noah's earlier. I wasn't half rude. We're too half rude. If he was a 2010 Rihanna smash hit, you'd be rude, boys. I wasn't half rude. Yeah, like if you were one of Santa's reindeers, you'd be Rudolph. I wasn't half rude. If he was an adorable child from an 80s sitcom, you'd be Rudy's Huxtables. I was an eighth rude, not half. Hey, who wrote techno smash hit Sandstorm? Ty Rude. He was supposed to answer that. Oh, sorry. I'll give you a quarter rude, but then I'm maxed out. If he was a former New York City mayor, you would be... Rudy Giuliani. No, Bill de Blasio, who was notorious for being quite rude. Fine. I was A&W Rude Beer. And that doesn't always work for me, but I thought yeah, it was fun here. It doesn't always work for me either, but this one I thought was funnier than some of the other ones that they've done. Yeah. I put down Derry's obviously hesitant. So it's it feels okay to me for him to be able to be not rude, but a little standoffish because he, in his own mind anyway, has a reason behind that. Yeah. And that, that's what I mean. Like, once you know his reasoning behind not wanting to go... Like, I get it. I get why he wouldn't want to go. It's <laughs> Wayne says, how did you stay out of special ed? And I was like, that is so mean. Their argument part when this back and forth just real that was so funny to me when he's like, that's not true. Yes, it is. No, it's not. And like, that was just it was it was really funny. I love how quick they both were to apologize too. like yes. when they called Jim and he says, that he's heard that it happens, and Wayne immediately apologizes. Mm-hmm. And then he says, but it didn't happen to me. And then Derry immediately... I liked that they did that. Yes. I, I kind of was surprised Wayne apologized as quickly as he did. Me too. It's a, But I'm glad he did. That's a really good friend thing for yeah. them to do, because especially with Wayne, he always likes to be right. He always likes to be. That's why I was so surprised, because it's like, oh, I was incorrect, and I apologize. But that... I feel like Wayne is a big enough person to apologize, but I also was just surprised that he did it as quickly as he did. I feel like it's more like pulling hairs with, with Wayne. Yeah. Just really have to get that apology out of him. But So I was happy about that. He said $500 is nothing to sneer at. <laughs> like he was thinking, well, you know, if you're going to do it, get, get some good money out of it. I love that they were almost like impressed. Like, oh, hey, I, I didn't figure they'd pay that much. I figured. 250 yeah, at the most. <laughs> two bills, 250 like 500 That's impressive for a, a, a napper. Yeah. But I put down the Hicks would never do this for lots of reasons, I'm sure. But the biggest reason in my mind is that they would never get someone pregnant and then just dip. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like they couldn't have a kid living in the Mennonite community that they didn't like have anything Take care to do. Of. Yeah. Yeah. It'd either be like, okay, well I'm a Mennonite now, I guess, or well you need to come live at the farm with me because you have my kid. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. 
Jim Dickens is really deep into the storytelling. He like, loves it. He was he was like an old guy sitting around a fire telling a scary story or something. He was so into it. He's like a drama queen in a different way than Stuart that is more productive. Yes. <laughs> and Dan says, that's some fun trivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Put a little English on her. Oh, my gosh. So what do you think about the whole sheet old wives tale situation that they've got going on. I feel like I have heard that story about something before, but I can't remember what. But again, it's an old wives tale. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> like old, like an old religious story or something. Like they used to not want to have any kind of sexual desire, so they would procreate with a sheet between them with a hole cut in it. But yeah. I don't, I don't th- know that there's any truth to it. I Yeah, I feel like, again, an old wives tale story type situation i've heard like that before but this is just male prostitution that um yeah and actually five hundred dollars to my understanding would be a fairly cheap prostitute probably not one that you (laughs) so but yeah that's straight up what it is being paid for sex is prostitution and i wrote down dan must be podrick because he apparently Give some good, and Ellen can't give it up. And cannot get enough. I put Dan as Megan. <laughs> because we get it, Jim. You're an auctioneer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dan was low-key funny in this episode. but <laughs> He comes in with those quick little jabs, and it's like, where did that just come from? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, that's all I had for that part of the scene. Oh, yeah, that's all I have for that Okay. One. Wayne pushes back about this practice supposedly used by the Mennonites. Why would Derry think that Noah would do this as well? Derry only knows that Noah referenced pounding and said that only men could do the job. And he looked at him and winked. He acknowledges at Wayne's insistence. Ferda. Can they run? <laughs> Dan takes over the, for the prosecution and asks Derry what the percent chance that Noah wants them to have sex with his daughters is. Derry puts it at a 50-50. Dan then asks what the chances would be that Noah meant Lavina, as he thought maybe Derry was more Lavina's type than himself. Wayne has had enough, and he says, we're going to the dick farm. We're going to the dick farm. I think I could see Derry dating a Mennonite. Is that weird? It's not weird where I feel like his lifestyle is not very Mennonite. But at the same time, I feel like he has enough core values, you know what I mean, to... Plus, he's also not as outright hostile towards them as Dan is, and Dan dated a Mennonite. That's true. So Very yeah. strange. Yeah. Daniel is a strange man. He can be sometimes. It's like, sometimes I think I haven't figured out, and then he goes and makes me question everything. But I wouldn't be shocked if Derry dated a Mennonite. Yes. It feels like Derry also values the same type of things like you said and that could potentially work and i just found it funny that i would have never thought about that but when i do after dan says something i think "Mm, you know what i could see that (laughs) i could see that wayne looks especially hot here when he's pacing back and forth i don't know if it's the way he's standing or the way his jeans are fitting very nicely on him or something but he looked especially good to me right there in this scene because Wayne is the prosecution and Dan is the defense in the situation. I love this. This is probably my favorite scene of the season. 
I could agree with that. It was hilarious. I thought it was wonderful. And I put all I can think is objection hearsay. Have you been watching any of the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard stuff? No. Oh, my God. (laughs) Every time he was on the stand, no matter what he said, he would be asked a question and he would start to answer it before he could even finish the thought. Her lawyers are like, objection, hearsay. (laughs) Objection, hearsay. And then Dan says, objections. Dan? Derry is trying to establish a history and patterns of the behavior. Okay. He is not trying to suggest that all nappers do it. He is merely suggesting that maybe these nappers does. And is. Withdrawn, I'll rephrase. What I thought of immediately was there's a John Mulaney bit where he's talking about law and order. And he's talking about the sassy judge. And he's they're so going funny. back. He is so funny. I love John Mulaney. If you all haven't, you should check out John Mulaney stand-up. Even though... We'll not get into it all, but but he does one where he uh, saying that there was an objection, and the judge says, "I'll allow it, but watch yourself, McCoy." (laughs) That's what I think of in this scene. It's so funny, and I just think I bet they had a blast shooting this. This was one of those scenes that I could just picture them breaking. Mm -hmm. Just that, like. I'm trying to repress it, trying to repress it, but I can't. It's just, I've got to crack. This scene was so funny to me. I agree. I even wrote, I really, really liked this scene. Yeah, it was, it was great. I love that they say $500 is better than a kick in the pants. And I was like, because my grandmother used to say stuff like that all the time. I was like, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, that's what we're comparing it to, I guess. Um. I loved the to be fair in this one. It wasn't too sing-songy. It was more to the point. Yes. Yeah, yeah but to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. This is in the bloopers. Wayne goes to put his leg up on the cooler and lean into dairy, and he gets a leg cramp. And oh, he's no. like, oh, oh. Turn Walk it off. Oh, it's so funny. I just, I bet they had such a good time doing it. And I said, Derry is being framed. <laughs> it's not fair. He knew something was wrong. <laughs> and it's just, it's just so funny too, because, you know, they go into it. You think they're like doing a bit and they're going to talk about this specific thing. And then all of a sudden Wayne just left turn <laughs> in conclusion. <laughs> And they run. <laughs> I I also thought it was kind of sw- sweet in like a vulnerable way that Dan was using this as his opportunity to find out yeah. if Derry ever liked Lavina because you know when you have that bit of insecurity in the back of your mind like well maybe she likes my friend more than she likes Aww. me or something I just wanted to find out <laughs> I just needed to know <laughs> I really like this that was that was a good scene this was just. It, wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I said, this is nonsense and I love it. And I love it. I am here for it. <laughs> and then of course they, they're off to hell. Basically Wayne's We're like, going get, to the dick get in the truck. <laughs> so coach is still at Modine's murmuring about Barbara hydrates and his new rhubarb diet. Oh coach. Gail leaves to get another round for Katie and Dirks as Mia Sophia walks past Katie catches Dirks eyeing her. Like Gretzky, she knows where everybody is. She admits to being somewhat of a window shopper herself. However, is all right with a bit of look and don't touch. 
Dirks, relieved, tells her, you are very cool, very cool, very nice. And they do a shot of Gus and Brew together. So, I feel like there's a little bit more to that scene, but we can talk about it. Yeah, I couldn't quite gauge Katie in this scene. You felt like it was more of a test or uh, like a yeah challenge? I couldn't tell if she was like warning him or just kind of trying to feel out where he was at, letting him know that it's okay. I don't know. Like, she had a weird energy to me in this scene. It was strange because it felt the whole time you were trying to figure out if this whole conversation is a challenge. Yeah, exactly. It, I couldn't understand exactly where it was, what she was trying to accomplish by this. Yes, because it felt like she was trying to accomplish something. Yes, but I couldn't quite... Put your finger on it. Yeah, or her way of going about it was strange to me. Is like, are, are you okay with it or are you not okay with it? Yeah. Because the words that you're saying... But the way that but you're the saying them, yeah, are not meshing up for me anyway. I, it felt I feel aggressive like almost. This is a trick. <laughs> yes, it's like the words coming out of your mouth that I'm hearing makes me feel like this is okay. But your tone is very, it, it, very something. opposite. Yes. yes, it's not quite all the same. Great tits, eh? Yours? I know they're great. No confirmation required. Then I'm like fucking Gretzky in here. I know where everybody is. Gotcha. And you're talking to a fellow window shopper. It's not a crime. I do it all the time. Better luck, don't touch. Cheap thrills. Never hurt nobody. Bing, bang, boom. You are very cool. Very cool. Very nice. Yeah? What are you going to do about it? My very first note for this part, for whatever reason, I guess it was on my mind. I said, hmm, they're at Modine's. I bet if Wayne has any say, he tells her to keep Dirks away. I wonder, well, at the end of the last episode, they're on the property and yeah. they bring those guys, the picker guys, out to see him. I feel like Wayne's really holding a grudge against him. Mm -hmm. But at this point, up to this point at least, I feel like he's holding a grudge against him unfairly. Yes. Everyone deserves a second chance. Maybe not three or four. But at this point, I don't even feel like it's a second chance for him. You know, like he, he deserves a, a true uh, first uh, yeah, chance. Yeah, yes. He it's more like he deserves an actual chance, mm -hmm. which Wayne has not given him. Which I mean, it's Katie's big brother. He feels protective. I get that, but up until now, yeah, I don't feel like Wayne's given him much of a chance. Are we saying poor Dirks here? Are we sympathizing? I, I, Are we Dirk? Apologists. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on in the universe right now. But yeah, that's how I, I feel like I should defend you him a little bit. You almost have to defend him a little bit. I feel like it. Yeah. And I I almost feel guilty about that. But no. I'm like, not against it at this point. I'm not against it at this point either. Ed. What did you think about the Barb obsession situation? Are you into it? I feel like it's so sweet and sad. It, it makes me want to just like hug him. 
I just want to hug him and be like, I'm yes. so sorry you're going through this. It'll be okay. You are so s- sweet. I wished somebody had sat with it. Like, he was kind of engaging in some conversation with people, but for the most part, he was just, like, sadly sitting, sitting by himself. By himself. Oh. And, like, your therapist told you to get out of the house to be around people, but I still feel like you're alone. And I just, like, I'll sit with it's, you and be your friend. It's sadder to be out and alone than home and alone. Yes. <laughs> so. so that's, well, sometimes. I will say, I feel super comfortable, and I used to do this a lot. I haven't in a long time, but I would go get a dinner or a drink and then go to a movie by myself, and that was me enjoying alone time. Uh-huh. Well, some people are good alone. I like being alone. Like, I'm if I'm at, which I, oh, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be at the house alone now, but if, when I lived by myself... Without a roommate, without a boyfriend or a husband or children, I loved it. Like, yeah. some people are okay alone. I luxuriate in it. Yes. It's <laughs> it's definitely okay with me. But some people do need interaction. And I feel like Coach was trying to have that interaction, but maybe it had been so long. Other than coaching, mm-hmm. you know, like just going to a bar and hanging out with people in a non-coaching environment... It was almost like he forgot how to interact with how people. Yeah. yeah. So, Dirks was kind of called out. I guess he was looking at me and Sophia, but it almost felt like tangentially he happened to look that way. Yeah, I didn't feel like he was eye eyeballing her or like he didn't break his neck over her. to yeah. look at her. Like, oh wow, okay. It wasn't a big overt ogling yeah to me yeah not to me either katie was super laid back about it and or but was she though was she though question mark sorry (laughs) no i know it's it's what i it's like she seems really laid back but i don't know if she's being really laid back yeah it's it was very passive aggressive yeah like yes that's that's the best way it seemed very passive aggressive even if that wasn't the exact intention it came across that way just so you know i'm gretzky in here okay what What? (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, katie katie okay (laughs) oh my god I, i do think it was cute at the very end where he i think it's just reacting to her human words uh-huh. not the tone <laughs> but what came out of her mouth mm-hmm. and he's like ah oh, very cool like you seem like you know you're chill laid back or whatever and she said yeah what are you gonna do about it and i thought that was a cute little interaction they have such good chemistry they do they really do and even though this part she was being a little it was all it was like she was jealous and then she says but it's okay i'm not jealous you know what i mean yeah like you just do what you want And she snapped her fingers in front of her face. (laughs) Three snaps in a Z formation and a twist. Oh my gosh. Uh, Because she's, yeah. (laughs) But no, I I get what you're saying. And still yet to come. So we'll see where this goes. Yes. But they definitely have really good chemistry. Yes. A plus for casting. Yeah, they did a good job with that one. Noah and Anita and Lavina welcome the Hicks to the Dick Farm for their afternoon hand job. They make small talk about the recent events. The last thing I want is for the children to look out in the yard and see their mother licking her own axe wound. Yep. 
Noah tells them that they will be hammering all day, building new feed boxes to replace his old ones destroyed in a windstorm. Anita wants to know who specifically is going to pound her box, as her dick doesn't have the same stamina he once had. <laughs> Noah says there will be a prize for the man who uses his tool the best. What's moist and warm and close to heaven in earthly form? So the conversation continues as they start work. Derry declines a cushion for the pushing. Noah would eat ass every day if he could, but Noah changes the subject to Dan's genetic history, mentioning problems in the Mennonite community from generations and generations of inbreeding. And asks Derry how much he drinks. He asks Wayne about his genes, and Wayne replies that he has good genes, hence no belt. And they chuckle uncomfortably until Anita calls Noah away. To Derry, the line of questioning only confirms Noah's intentions. He feels as though he's trying to establish a genetic pecking order. Dan says that would be a good name for a band, genetic pecking orders. <laughs> Wayne, however, thinks three-word band names often sound like emo band names. <laughs> Noah calls Derry away to help his wife with a couple of loads. <laughs> So, that's, I guess it's two separate scenes, really, but I've got them kind of squished together. Yeah. So. My first note is Jesus, Anita. <laughs> How did Anita work for you this time? Because I know, you know, overall for the Mennonites, sometimes they're hit or miss for you, but she was really funny to me. She was pretty funny. She can be so intense sometimes, uh -huh. but it, it it worked for me. And I loved that she was like, you have to be hydrated. <laughs> like, take this lemonade. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was just, uh, the little kid came out and was like, hee, 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 hee. Yes. You know, every, at everything they were saying. <laughs> One random weird side thing. Wayne was driving a black GMC Sierra truck. Which, one, Josh noticed a while ago that they're starting to show the logos mm -hmm. now. Which is interesting. But... He, it's, that either wasn't his truck, or he has a new truck, or there just wasn't consistency, because he used to have a black four-door truck that I'm pretty sure was a Chevy. So I don't know whose truck this is, or, and it doesn't matter in the long run, it's just something I noticed. Well, but, I, of the three of them, I would think that Wayne would be like, I'm driving, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what, I, if he's driving, I would think he would be driving his truck. Or Katie's truck. It could be Katie's truck. But I'm positive that when Derry had to go to the rabies clinic, <laughs> he had a black four-door Chevy truck. <laughs> Derry had to go to the rabies so, clinic. But anyway, that's just a weird side tangent thing. <laughs> I thought I just can't with these dicks. <laughs> and he says, objection <laughs> And Wayne standing there with his lemonade is the most awkward thing. Like, yes, they all look pretty casual holding their lemonade, but Wayne just looks like a robot yes. or something. He's very just stiff, stiff <laughs> and uncomfortable. And I don't know if his acknowledgement of the awkward language that's being used is, <laughs> is adding to that or, or what, but I just, I love it. It's so funny. And there's not, I don't have a ton of notes overall really for it because it's just a lot of wordplay, but it, it worked for me overall. Yes. It was exactly on point with who they are. 
and who they have been presented to us thus far. Derry is being half rude here that irritated me a little bit because they were giving them all lemonade and he was the only one they didn't say thank you. And oh, I was I like, give the girl that. thank you, Derry. My gosh. <laughs> being half rude. <laughs> oh, Derry. He, he's a little awkward, bud. When they get to the part where they're actually starting to work, I said, I, you gotta love a little cushion for the pushing. <laughs> I loved when she was talking about her kids being mad and he went and started smashing those. <laughs> and I was like, me too, kid, me too. Smashed those in the barn all afternoon. I just am such a little kid. This whole episode brought me joy. <laughs> oh my I, gosh. I, and I, I don't know why I thought that I disliked him so much. Because there, I did it for me this episode. <laughs> They have a little sign out front that says stop for a pop. So I think they must sell a bunch of stuff. Hmm. Which isn't uncommon. Yeah. I I like to stop at places that have like Amish cheese and yeah. jams mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's so good. I know. Like they know what they're doing as far as all that goes. <laughs> and I implore you to hydrate once. After all, you'll be hammering box all afternoon. H hammering box? No one's here for finger bang. <laughs> You've got to take care of your fingers. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Oh, okay, God. so I agree with Wayne about the three-word emo band name. I thought of you when he said that. <laughs> I was like, yes, I can name so many off the top of my head, and I wrote them all down. <laughs> I was like, just off the top. Okay, where did they go? So say you read yours, because I thought of a few. I mean, I didn't write them down, but I was like immediately naming some okay. off in my uh, head. Taking Back Sunday. That was my first one. <laughs> Sleep, sleeping with Sirens. Uh -huh. My Chemical Romance. That was one. Fallout Boy. Mm -hmm. Pierce the Veil. <laughs> and that's all I got. I was like, okay, I can't just keep doing this all day. AFI was another one of uh, mine. <laughs> yes. And I, I was like, you know what? He's got a point there. I would go to Modians to see GPOs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I would be buying tickets for sure. <laughs> when Noah runs to Anita, it is the cutest, most awkward little run ever. When he says, mine wife, the way that he says that and pops up, I died. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, that is so funny. <laughs> the way he says it. <laughs> And the way he runs up. And he I, loses his hat and he goes back to get it. It is so I, funny. I think I watched that scene like five times. Okay. <laughs> Just went back. Dan run or Noah run? Dan run. Okay. But okay. but if you're coupling the running with him pupping up and saying, mine wife, <laughs> then I have to give it to Noah because that was, oh, oh my God. <laughs> They're just... Bunch of guys shooting the proverbial feces. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> oh, kills oh my me. She definitely wears the pants in that oh, relationship. Yeah. Just absolutely no questions. Yep. I love that he jumps right in with the uh, genetic health issues. <laughs> I know. You know, just just talking about normal social stuff, you know. This was the scene that I don't know how they got through it. Just like... <laughs> the back and forth between them and Noah because it's so awkward. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they got through it. I would have been dying. They've also dying. done at this point, zero work. They've <laughs> all just continued to stand around and not done anything. <laughs> and even Wayne acknowledges in his own polite Wayne way that they haven't even started doing anything yet. Yeah. Like 
Yeah, working hard or hardly working there. Yeah. And then the yeah. just awkward chuckle, like, <laughs> too much fun. It was just... But really, we need to do something. But really, I'd like to get something done so we can, you know, we'll help you, but we're going to help you and be on our way. I just put that I really like the dicks and they were winning me over. <laughs> just overall, really good scene. Yeah, it yeah. was good. It was good. Back at Modine's, Katie asked Dirks if he's familiar with the saying, everyone's always someone else, because she is, or was. Now that they're getting more serious about their relationship, however, she asked if he can be a master of one rather than a jack of all. She does not want to pressure him into being exclusive, but warns him that if he says he's in and he's not, You'll have every dude in Letterkenny lined up around the block for you. And Dirks is in. Can I just really quick say? Mm -hmm. And it may be because we've been on a downward kind of, not spiral, but a slump with Katie. I was like, I don't know that you really deserve to have every guy in Letterkenny around the block to beat up somebody for you. Not that she deserves to get cheated on. I... But I understand where you're going with that sentiment because it's like, is she somebody that everybody in Letterkenny knows? Yeah. Has she had some relationships with the people in Letterkenny? Yeah. Should they feel so strongly? Yes. Indebted to upholding her virtue that they would go beat this guy up? Eh, Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Not it, that anybody ever deserves to get cheated no, on. Absolutely That's not, yeah. not. Not that she deserves to get cheated on at all, but does she deserve to have every guy up in arms on her behalf? I, either. Also, maybe yeah. not. Also, maybe, yeah. <laughs> the Hicks, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I can understand you'll have Wayne coming to beat your ass, even Dan and Derry helping him out. That's where I'd probably think that the sentiment of that... Maybe McMurray in the sentiment that... He cares it, for Wayne. If he was invited along, he'd probably come. Yes. Yeah, and that's, but that's about, yeah. And I don't mean to be a negative Nancy. I really don't. <laughs> it just, when it was said that time, it hit me about the, wow, I really messed you guys up, huh? Yeah. And that rubbed me the wrong way. And of course, that was just, you know, it stuck in my head because it was such a mm-hmm. recent episode. I can appreciate that Katie wanted to have that, well, where are we conversation. I've heard the expression, everybody's always fucking somebody else. I am. Words to live by. I agree. You fucking somebody else? I am. You are? I was. Okay. You haven't asked me if I'm coming or going. This is true. So I'll ask you. Like, what are we doing? Starting to give a shit. Very cool, very nice. Do you give a shit? Well, if you give a shit, then you have to become a master of one. No more jack of all, that's the rule. Cool? Cool. Very cool. Very nice. And no pressure either way. If it's not me, tits is right over there. Tits is everywhere. Gotcha. If you say you're in, you're in. But if you say you're in and you're not... You'll have every dude in litter, can he lined up around the block for you? Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes it's an awkward conversation. It's a vulnerable conversation. I don't like the way she went about it. Though. Oh, really? Because yeah. I actually loved this scene. It I, made me appreciate her straightforwardness. Well, see, but that I feel like it was a carryover from their last scene. She's saying the words, no pressure, 
but to but me it felt kind of pressurey. Under pressure, yeah. That's no, I get it because yeah. they'd almost. I could when I was watching it too. Even I was of two minds about it. I thought this could also come off kind of like trappy, an ultimatum, like you're trying to trap him. Yeah, like we're exclusive. Or we're not, but if you say, I feel like if she, if he had said, I don't feel like I could be exclusive, she'd just been like, well, that's it. She would have either said, like, that's it, or she would have kept seeing him, but would have gotten more passive aggressive about it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, so glad you can make time for me in your busy schedule kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It, They've but, tried to establish that Katie isn't that way. But sometimes she comes across that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. Again, her words were saying something. Her human words said yes. one thing. <laughs> the mouth was saying, but <laughs> the everything else was reading. Was very tense. I will say this. I appreciated that she said what she was thinking. Mm-hmm. She asked the hard questions, but I don't know if she was fully actually prepared to hear an answer that she didn't want to hear. I also felt like it was kind of casual and mean the way that she threw out that she had been sleeping with someone else. Are you fucking someone else? Because I am. I don't know. The way she said it just, it rubbed me the wrong way the way she did that. It was like a power play? Yeah. Like, well, I am. I don't know. And maybe that's not how it was supposed to, but that's how I took it. Have you ever had to have one of these conversations? Not passive aggressive or whatever, but like this specifically. Yeah. With Nate for the first year that we saw each other was casual. casual. Yeah. Yeah. So we had this conversation a lot. Like a lot. (laughs) And like, (laughs) like a lot, a lot. (laughs) For a year. For a year we had this conversation. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, if you two are on the same page, because at the beginning of the year, it was like, hey, we're casual. We're both good with that. You good with that? I'm good with that. We both yeah. know what this is. Did you have to keep doing a temperature check? Yes. that It was very much gauging where are you at, where are you at. Uh, but we fairly consistently, I mean, there were some that wasn't always, but. For eh, the most part, we've on the been same married page. for six years now, so it all worked out okay, <laughs> but. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, the, it, and it can be. Again, like a vulnerable kind of scary conversation to have if yeah. you don't know what their if you don't know what their answer is going to be, and so maybe she was just like putting up some defenses. If he's about to hurt me, at least I've got this wall up, so it's not so big of a blow. Yeah, because I've done that too. So maybe I'm judging her too harshly. Just where Katie has, I've cooled on Katie a little bit, you know. But when he answers her, do you think that's what he sounds like in bed? Because that was all <laughs> I could think. I was like. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. <laughs> he said, there's no way to make this not sound sexual. <laughs> it's like, yep, just got, just got you there. I I don't know. I, I do think I can see how it comes across. Like it could be a trap and a little manipulative even. But at the same time, even with him having that as a possibility in the back of his mind, when he answers that question, he should always have answered it truthfully that is absolutely 100 percent true because i don't want to say she was giving him an out but she was hey this is your time to 
be truthful. Quietly step away if you need to do that. Yeah, or if you don't want to be... Like, she could not have given him any more clearly, passive-aggressive or not. She was very clear about, hey, I'm asking you. This is how I feel. How do you feel? Because if you say that you're in, then I need you to be in. And these are my expectations. Versus if you say no, then these are my expectations. Yes, and that was not unfair of her at all if you say yes this is how i expect you to be and that's she's letting him know and he answered of his own accord so yes he should have answered honestly yeah he was given full opportunity to be honest about everything so do you think that he felt he was being honest in the moment i like to think that he did i feel like he thought he was too yeah because when she says that he she was sleeping with somebody else, I think he looked genuinely sad when she said that she was murder somebody else. He said, you are? And he just, I feel like he looked really sad when he said it. I think that he thinks he was being honest. I feel like he should have known, though, in in the conversation that he should have known himself enough to answer Honestly, in that moment, I wouldn't hold it against anyone to answer with what they feel is honest in a moment and then come back later and say, okay, well, really, I I realize I can't and that's not, that's just not who I am. And so we can't do that. But I would rather that be the case. Yeah. And that was kind you know how you, I said, Nate and I have had this conversation. Yeah. We have this conversation a lot. And it was even that the beginning when like, hey, this is casual. However... For the health of everyone involved, if you do see somebody else, just let me know about it so I can know. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. If you're going to see somebody else, that's okay. I could see somebody else, and that's okay. Honesty above all. Especially in those situations, like you said, for the health and safety of everyone involved. Yeah. Like Riley and Jonesy, hey, no, we're not doing any takedowns because we've got the clap right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. But... <laughs> But we are being honest about it just so everybody knows up front. You know, honestly, I feel like I don't want to jump ahead. Never mind. Okay. But we'll, we'll go ahead uh, and, and I can read this next part so we can. Coach, coach yelling Barb at the end. I just wrote Barb with an exclamation oh. mark. <laughs> Barb. Okay. The loads Anita wanted Darius help with were loads of laundry to hang. He asks about her daughter's charity and chastity, which makes her wary. Her parents, Seymour Snatch and Anita Snatch, believe children should be seen and not heard. But Anita is more liberal and wants her children to experiment with being a grown-up under the supervision and sometimes the participation of the parents. As Derry pulls laundry from the basket, almost said basket, (laughs) the basket, he finds... A bed sheet with a hole in it and is staring through the hole. He makes eye contact with Dan and Wayne. The pounding of boxes concluded. Noah thanks to Hicks, thanks to Hicks for their efforts. He and Anita have decided that Derry's tool was the most polished and offer him the promised prize. The sweetest prize a man could ever enjoy. He covers Derry's eyes and invites his daughters to come out and take their tops off. They step forward, set freshly baked pies on the table, and remove the pie covers, to Derry's immense relief. Anita senses something is not right, however, and accosts Derry that he must have been expecting something else. He stammers about his auctioneer friend's auctioneer cousin, but Anita interrupts to accuse him of thinking they would pay him with money. 
You thought you'd close your eyes and feel a big fat wad slide across your palm, huh? And Derry admits to feeling foolish. Dan receives another text from Ellen, but decides to take the opportunity to go on a walk with Lavina instead. So, that happened. <laughs> uh, first note is, I hate how she hangs clothes. She didn't use clothespins, and the first one wasn't too bad, but the second one was, like, caught up under itself, and she didn't fix it, and I don't know why. It bothered you so it much. It bothered me, but it did. And she's a snatch. She's a snatch. <laughs> and her father is Seymour Snatch. <laughs> And that's another word for vagina that I don't particularly care for. Same. But it still made me chuckle. I did think it was a little, which, accosted, that's the perfect word for her. That's what I feel like she does to everybody. She accosts first, asks questions later. Yes. This family can say whatever the furda comes into their mind, like all kinds of horrible off-the-wall things. They can just say with no remorse. <laughs> and Derry asks about her daughters and she's immediately like, no. Absolutely not. We're not we're not having this conversation. She might as well have bleated at him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she should have just straight up goat accosted him. It's so weird because Derry finds the hole. A hole that they had been looking for the whole time. <laughs> and I wish they would have explained why explained. there was a hole. Yes. Because it felt strange. It felt very strange. The music that they play when he's looking through that hole and Dan and <laughs> Wayne's face was all perfection for me. I said, they're all getting nervous to mariachi music. <laughs> yes. It was perfect. I don't know that anything else would have been better. Than just like his one wide eyeball. Like <gasps> It was like you... a horror movie. <laughs> yes. Do you see what I have found? <laughs> and then abruptly... Cutting that off is no popping up in the box lunch. <laughs> you can eat it. You can. You, you can come inside or eat out. <laughs> it was so good. It was so dumb. The, the amount of double entendres and innuendos and things that they have found for yes. because everything that they say is there's no, there's no let up. From it's it. almost it's boom boom boom. It's like one after the other after the other. It's everything that comes out of their mouth. Everything. Part of me is just so impressed by the writers that they have come up with so many different things to say. Yes. This is their masterpiece. Yes. This is what they do, and they do it well. (laughs) Josh, this is just me going to take taking a moment to say i think your parents would think this episode is absolutely hilarious <laughs> and would not maybe openly admit but they would giggle themselves to death at the double entendres they, in this episode appreciate some of that type of humor <laughs> they're preparing the price for the winner girls it's almost time to stick it in now let's see if you can manage a big load hmm? tightest box you've screwed today wayne are the daughters different people? I think they're all the same. Really? Yeah. Like, I was trying to, I really looked at their faces and you could be correct because I couldn't tell who Anita was because like with the, the garb and the glasses and the bonnet, she looks totally different than she looks like in The Walking Dead. But the daughters just from the girls who were in Riley and Jonesy's backseat talking to them. Mm-hmm. It just felt like they looked different, but maybe it's just because they're all Mennonited up. Maybe. I know, you know, at least Lavina is the same. One of the daughters is the same. I would have to, I didn't pay as close of attention, but I'm pretty sure they both are. 
I might I need to go back and and look. Maybe watch one right after the other and see. Them like laughing at their own little jokes was really funny to me too. That's why I think Derry would get along with them because he has Mennonite humor. He has Mennonite humor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. When you very first watched this uh-huh. and they were talking about a prize, what did you think it was originally before you knew? Before I knew, I thought it was something to eat. I didn't think it was pie. I was I thinking it was brownies. I was thinking some sort of baked good, but not pie. Yeah. yeah like bread doesn't seem cr- quite right. Maybe like sticky buns or something like cinnamon yeah. rolls. But yeah, something along those lines. I knew it was something to eat, but. Not pie, but yeah. A favor for me turns you into a dunce when, when you, you bring, bring up, up the, the subject, subject of money, money once. once. <laughs> when Anita, and I think it might have even been the last scene, but when she's making fun of Derry for not being able to use a hammer, and like that's why he has to hang up the clothes, mm-hmm. was so funny. And it, I feel like Derry's fear was very real. Like when he tells him to close his eyes, yeah. and he's like, "Good buddies, <laughs> like, like you're gonna make sure everything's okay, right?" Like, you got my back. <laughs> is this guy gonna kill me? I'm about to be forced to have sex with his daughter through a sheet. Oh, no. Like, I don't understand what's happening. And oh, all of this makes Dan realize he missed the simplicity of a relationship with Lavina, which I think is cute, but a little bit in my feelings about how he's talking or not talking to Ellen. But, you know, maybe this is what he needs. Yeah, I thought it was sweet that he went on a walk with her. Mm -hmm. But in, you know, a few episodes ago, he was complaining about going on walks with her. True. Maybe he needs an open relationship. I don't know. And, you know, it's one of those the grass is always greener situations where when Ellen wasn't around, he talked fondly about her and mm-hmm. then she comes back and it's like oh, you're kind of being annoying yeah and then he pined over lavina for years and years and years and then started dating her and then was like all we can do is go on walks not for the whole episode but for the dan relationship story arc in this episode was yeah. off for me and i love dan i don't usually get irritated with dan but the way that he was acting towards ellen and lavina was a little off for you. Yeah. I get that. I, it didn't it didn't gel with me for this episode. I also don't like pie. It depends on the pie. I don't like fruit pie. I don't like hot fruit. Yeah, I don't like fruit pies. My mom used to make a German chocolate pie that I still make at Christmas every year. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I like pecan pie. But like apple pie, cherry pie, blueberry, I don't like fruit pies. I agree. Yeah. Even with ice cream on it. I know that that's a big thing. Yeah, it's, it's a big thing that I don't, yeah, it's, I don't care for <laughs> it's it. It's a big thing I don't need. <laughs> it's a bit, yeah, it's just a whole bunch of stuff I don't need. I'm not big <laughs> on pumpkin or sweet potato pie. I don't like meringue, lemon yeah. or chocolate meringue pies I don't like. And I have a sweet tooth, but yeah, like I just don't like all that stuff. Yeah. I will eat What's an entire pecan pie. thing to if 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 it's a candy or a baked good? Okay, wait, we'll do it separately, because that's two separate <laughs> categories, or genres, as Josh called the other day. We were, what we were talking about, I don't remember, it, we were trying to figure out, and we couldn't think of, like, I think it was a flavor name, and so he said, what genre is that? <laughs> uh, but anyway, candy, what would be your favorite candy, like, type of candy? I like a sweet and salty mix. If I had to choose between candy and baked goods, I would choose baked goods, but as far as, like, a favorite candy... 
chocolate with something like a Twix bar or like a chocolate covered pretzel. Gotcha. Or something like that. And then favorite baked good. I would have killed somebody for a cinnamon roll when I was pregnant. Oh, really? I love cinnamon rolls so much. I like brownies. Things, though, that really... We call them Texas cookies because we learned how to make them in Texas. But they're basically the oatmeal no-bake chocolate peanut butter cookies that you drop on the foil. Mm -hmm. If I make those, I could eat all of them without sharing. Wow. Or... And I don't like marshmallows, but I could do the same with a pan of Rice Krispie Treats. (laughs) So those are like, yeah. that's it for me. What about you? I will take a caramel bar or a Milky Way because I am the opposite. I just need it straight just. caramel and chocolate. <laughs> and you could just pour hot caramel <laughs> and chocolate into my mouth. I'm such a happy girl. Or M&M's, all, you know, the basics because it's, you know, travel size. <laughs> and, it's so uh, convenient. It is. And then if I'm going to do a baked good, I would rather have a Subway chocolate chip cookie. Subway specific? Yes. Don't. It's it's because they're almost not baked enough. You know what they're I mean? They're a little too soft. Yes. Like a little, a little soft and mushy still. Yes. So I would take that over anything else, <laughs> which is very random. But those are my two those are your- picks. I married a... He likes sour candy and fruity candy. And then he also doesn't really care about cookies or brownies. He likes Oreos, which is fine. It's not my favorite cookie. But I married an Oreo guy and a fruity candy guy. So I was like... That's so funny because that's Nate. Really? Nate and Scarlett like sour gummy worms, Lifesaver gummies... And if I buy a family pack of Oreos, I will get none of them because <laughs> he'll wait till we go to bed and he and Scarlett will stay up and watch anime together and like polish off a thing of Oreos. Are you a cookie and milk person? If I have cookies, I like them with milk. Okay. Depending on the cookie, like, like I said, those, those no-bake cookies, mm-hmm. I could just... Just eat those. Yeah, I could just eat those. Yeah. But if it's like an Oreo or a chocolate chip cookie, I don't like cookies that are... I would never buy a chocolate chip cookie from the store, like Chips Ahoy or something. Yeah. I don't like those no, no. at all. I could, I can eat Oreos. Like, who doesn't like an Oreo now and then? I like it with milk. But if I'm going to have a chocolate chip cookie, I like them home-baked and warm still. If someone hands me an Oreo, I'm not going to not I'm eat not gonna it. I'm not going to not eat an Oreo. <laughs> I'm not a sociopath. I mean, come like, on. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, now I'm hungry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we're almost done. We're at the very end. All right, Coach decides it's time to call it a night and head back to the suburbs. <laughs> Gail asks him for a dance before he skedaddles, and they join other contented couples on the dance floor, including Katie and Dirks. I love Gail being so nice to oh, Coach. And I think she wants to dance with him. I, I don't feel like that was done in pity. I don't I either. think it was just done. And I love that about her. Yes. They're weird dancing, yes. but it's still so sweet. He seems to be into it. It's sweet in a very sexual way, which is very Gail. Yeah. And also very Coach. Yeah. It was. It reminded me of the Christmas party when she was like just playing with his ear. Like just sitting on the counter playing with his ear. Very natural and yet yeah, very it, it was close. A, it was a could-be-sexual-sensual thing, but it came across very just like, this is how we we're are. going to interact with each other. Mm-hmm. 
and hey, I'm we're gonna go dance and I'm gonna put your hands on my butt and it's all just gonna be fine. <laughs> I said, why is this so cute? It is adorable. <laughs> In a weird, weird way, it is so adorable. Yes. And this is when I made note. Katie and Dirk's chemistry, they have better chemistry than any other couple on this show ever for me, I think. I agree. It's through the roof. It's so cute. I said, if I didn't know any better, this would be cute. It's Marie Fred all over again. It is. More than Wayne had with anybody. More than he had with Marie Fred. More than he has with Rosie. I agree. More than Katie with our boys. More than... More than... And even people like the um, the McMurrays who are all over each other sexually, I feel like there is it's palpable. It's, it's a quiet chemistry. Yeah, that, but it's strong. Yes, it doesn't need to be in your face because it's so strong. They don't have to do anything overt or say anything crude or lewd for that heat to be felt. They've not even really like held hands or done much of anything besides this yeah, dance. You really haven't. They haven't even kissed or anything. As I mean, like as far as we for know, the audience. They're obviously yeah. sleeping together because they kind of <laughs> reference it. But I mean, it's yeah. But they have off the charts. Yeah, chemistry. off the charts. I loved it. It did throw me though because it felt like it went from midday to now it's nighttime, or they're dancing in the middle of the day, or it's always been nighttime and I didn't notice. Do you know what I mean? Well, when the convo started, yeah, they're at the farm and it's daytime, but they're getting done with the day. So maybe it's like going into the evening long enough for coach to be ready to go home. I hate that he feels like he's been a burden to them when he's like, I've. Yeah, that does break my heart when he goes to leave and he basically he's like, well, thanks for allowing me to be here. Yeah, I'll get out of your hair now. I've I've burdened you all too, too long. What's the plan, handsome man? Probably just head back to the suburbs, you know, there's some barbells. I've bombarded you guys enough. A little dance for you skedaddle. You have to crowbar me off this chair. I've had a couple of hard burps. <laughs> and so that makes me extra doubly happy that Gail is like not just including him, but not including him because she feels bad. She's including him because she's just like, hey, we're going to dance. Yes, and I... it's natural and it's not a pity thing. It's a, yeah, you can come out and you can hang out with people. And like, I'm one of those people you can come hang yes. out with. We, yes, yes. So I, I liked I liked how this ended. Mm-hmm. I just liked this episode all the way through. There was almost nothing that I didn't like. And that hasn't happened in a long time. This was a good one. I feel like last episode, Yard Sale was a little... I don't know. Now that we've gone through the episode, this one was really funny too. They're both up there for yeah. me. Yeah, but yeah, I wrote down this is sweet. And are we rooting for? Well, we're rooting for a lost cause, and it's like watching a slow mo train wreck mm-hmm. because you, we it's unfortunately like, know what's going to happen when they get on the Titanic, and they're all so happy at the beginning, and we're and, in it. Yes, <laughs> you, we can fool ourselves to thinking that. That they're going to be happy. We are king of the world, damn it. Yes. <laughs> For the moment. <laughs> We're drawing pictures and having dances and it's all okay right now. Uh, okay. Well, I didn't even write down a score this time, so you'll have to go first. Uh, I This one's a solid eight for me. I was just about to say an eight. Yep. I fully and agree. Good. We were wondering, like, hey, because there was a, f- a couple... I feel like it was more than just a couple episodes. It was like a couple seasons slump for, yeah. for us. And it wasn't like they were 
terrible, but they just weren't what we were hoping yeah, for. Yeah, and like this was, this was like, yeah, this, this is why I like this, this is show. Excellent. Yes. Do you remember what your score for the last one? Was? I want to say I gave the last one an eight as well. Yeah, it was it was really good too. I almost was sad that I didn't do it, but <laughs> I needed to not do it. I knew you needed a break, but I was like, man, what a one to miss. Yeah, this was a good one. <laughs> but I'm glad you're back with also an equally good one. Man, I just ate this up with a spoon. It was so good. <laughs> so yes, I'm gonna say a solid eight as well. And I don't have anything else. Do you have any? Uh, What's the scoop? Or no, anything? just other than they had been dropping a lot of uh, Shorzy trailers lately, but yeah, nothing besides that. All right. Well, if you all don't care, try to go give us a rating on Spotify for listening on Spotify or Apple Podcast. A five star rating will help us find new listeners, and it'll help bump us up in whatever the Google algorithm <laughs> is, whatever that is, over my head. Over mine too. But and then if you want to follow. Well, really, I mean, you can follow me on social media, MN Cotterell on Instagram. I don't do anything but put up pictures of my dog, so there's that. <laughs> Go follow Josh Cotterell Music on Instagram. He actually participates in social media, so... <laughs> I was going to say, I, I put up pictures of my kids and hikes and food, so other than that... <laughs> do what you will with yeah, that. <laughs> you can if you want to. You don't have to. It's all good. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> so, uh, also go find Not My Forte on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. You can message us on there, or Josh will plug our email at the end of this, and we would love to hear some feedback about our feedback. Yeah. What do you think about our thoughts? <laughs> That's very meta. <laughs> well, on that note, we will see you next time. Bye. Little dabble, do ya? Thanks again for listening to Not My Forte, a super soft podcast. Information is pulled for this episode from letterkenny.fandom.com, as well as Megan and Amber's notes. Music for these episodes is provided by Mark Wallach, and that song is called Rattle and Shake. If you have any questions about this episode, or any comments or insights on this episode or future episodes, feel free to email us at casualjosh0 at gmail.com. That's casualjosh, the number zero, at gmail.com. And remember to put not my forte in the subject line.